Welcome to the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influitive, where we talk with customer-obsessed people to uncover how you can be more customer-focused. I'm your host, Dan Kalmar. Today, I'm joined by Caitlin Hess, Director of Customer Marketing at G2. G2 is the world's largest and most trusted software marketplace. A top 100 customer marketer and one of Customer Marketing Alliance's 23 to watch in 2023, Caitlin specializes in developing customer marketing programs and teams from the ground up. Prior to joining G2, Caitlin built and led customer marketing teams at fast-growing SaaS startups in HR and higher ed industries. She's passionate about capturing customer feedback, good storytelling, and building exceptional customer experiences. With G2 being all about reviews, that's what I wanted to discuss with Caitlin today. That'd be interesting to both get her insights into reviews as well as learn more about how G2 infuses the voice of the customer into their marketing. We dove into how the voice of your customer can be a massive differentiator, which is becoming a recurring theme on the show, how to handle negative reviews, and some tactical advice for how to get every part of your organization to care about the customer voice. Hey, Caitlin, welcome to the All About the Customer podcast. So amazing to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to, to chat. So part of why I thought this conversation was going to be really good and wanted to have you on the show is because of how meta I think we can get here. So G2 is all about reviews. Uh, and, and obviously, on the buyer side, reviews can be this incredible way to you know figure out the right software or services to purchase. Uh, but for marketers, reviews can be such a goldmine, right? We can learn about what people like about our product, what they don't like about our product. We can take the stuff for our marketing material. And so at G2, reviews are what you do, but I think it's also the reviews and the voice of the customer is also such a big part of your marketing uh, initiatives. So I think this can be really interesting to, to get meta with you here, but let's start things off just talking about reviews in general. I mean, why do you think that reviews can be so impactful? And then also why now? I mean, I feel like everybody I'm having on the show these days keeps beating on the same theme that now more than ever, people don't trust marketers. They don't trust sales folks. The voice of our customer is more impactful than it's ever been. So why are customer reviews so important in general and why now more than ever? It's funny. I get this question a lot, so I'm I'm not surprised it's coming up here too. But I always say back, like, think about the last thing you bought online, right? Like anytime you go to Amazon, you immediately, well, at least I do, I scroll immediately down to the reviews. And I always filter like, what are the worst reviews? Because I want to know what those people are saying about it, what the like biggest con to whatever I'm looking at is. And so I think it's just become such a core piece of how we shop for anything. And I, I love to when G2 first started in, I think, 2012, it was, why is it easier to find a review for a $100 hotel room than a $100,000 piece of software? And I... I feel like it was true then and it's it's true now that people want to they want to know what the actual experience is from customers and salespeople are salespeople and marketers are marketers and and people are becoming savvier buyers and so the voice of the customer is like you said more important than ever before we just ran our 2023 buyer survey where we surveyed um, almost 2,000 buyers who were coming to G2 and 84% of people said that one of their first stops is a peer review site when they're shopping for software. 
And so it's just become such a core piece of how you shop for anything. I think it's not a surprise that it's it's becoming a core piece of shopping for software or services too. He touched on a few things here that really resonate with me. I mean, one, he talked about like, this is how we buy too. And one thing we'll get into a little bit later is, you know, what do you do with bad reviews? But those bad reviews can be so helpful because you talk about when you go on Amazon, you go to the one star reviews. I actually go to the three star reviews because I've, I, I heard it as a life hack one time where the three star reviews are people who will give you the pros and cons of it. And that's what I really want. If I go to, you know, if I'm looking at a pair of shoes that I got an Instagram ad for and everything is five star reviews, I don't believe it. Right. I, I just, yeah. I know that they probably manufacture these reviews. Obviously, if everything is one star review, that's that's probably also a bad sign. But I think it's just so great to hear the good and the bad, which is really what the customer voice is all about, right? That's why we go to our peers is to get this truth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And our team always says three star reviews are the most valuable reviews you can get. I even think back. So prior to joining G2, I was a G2 customer actually twice over. And I remember we got our first three-star review and I sent like a panicked email to our CSM and she's like, no, that's actually great. That is the best review you can hope for is a three-star review. So it's funny that, that that's how you shop. And so, so, so let's, let's go deeper into that. What, what, what do they mean by that? Why is a three-star review the best review you can get? I, I think exactly for the reason you said, right? Like it's super authentic. It's someone who is probably rooting for you in some way. If they gave you a three, they're happy to point out like, here's what's working for me. But they're also not afraid to say like, here's what's not working or here's where that can be improved. Um, I think a three-star review too from the seller side is actually a great opportunity for service recovery. So you can go in there. A three-star review is super addressable. It's easy to say like, hey, I'm, I acknowledge what you're saying maybe isn't working or maybe you need help with and let me help you. And so I know we'll talk a little bit more about responding to reviews, but, but a three-star review is like super actionable really for both sides, right? It, it helps the buyer make a decision balancing those pros and cons, but it helps a seller know where there are areas for opportunity. And, and that's a, a customer that's like prime for outreach. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what I talked about where when I, when I only see five star reviews, I just don't believe them. I'm like, give me a little something wrong because I know, I know this isn't going to be perfect. Like if you're, especially if you're bringing in a software solution, that's a huge overhaul. Like you're ripping and replacing your CRM or something like that. It's not going to be a hundred percent perfect. There's going to be things that are going to go wrong. So I want to know those things. And I heard it described one time, this was, I think, in the context of presenting and how you don't want to be like too polished because it throws people off. It was like, you need a little bit of mustard on your shirt is how I heard yeah. it described one time. We're like, I want to see like a little bit wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's so funny. Cause I, I feel like we saw it a lot, especially with virtual events, right? Like it was so obvious when people were reading from a script and it just felt uncomfortable and it's like, Oh, this is weird. And so, yeah, I, I think if you go and you see all five-star reviews, it's like, Oh, well, clearly that's not the full picture or clearly we're missing that. Although I will say we have some customers where that's true. Um, I was just doing a case study with one and they've got like a 4.8 star rating and they opened up review asks to all of their customers. They just, they're a relatively small company, so they're, they're just getting started, 
but they have super happy customers and they were like, what do we do with this? And so they started asking them to leave G2 reviews and have come out with like amazing reviews. And they're like headed up on the, the grid report against some like massive competitors in their space, but they're using the voice of their customer to sort of like stand out in that arena. Did, did you tell them to have some, find some customers who would leave them three-star reviews? That's a good question. I'll have to have that conversation with them. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all searching for those folks who will leave us five-star reviews, but yeah. maybe we should be searching for the folks who would be yeah. leaving us three-star reviews. So. Yeah. Buddy. So, so let, let's keep going down this thread. Cause I think, I think this is really yeah. interesting. So it can be really scary when you get your first bad review. So yeah. talk me through what that process is like and what you've seen as best practices with, you know, do you address the review? Do you not address the review? What then should come from these bad reviews? Like, how do you make sure the right people see it? Uh, like, what does that process tend to look like? Like, what's the guidance you recommend for people? When you get a bad review, you should definitely address it, right? Unless it's something that's like so off the wall, so crazy, or like horribly offensive. In those cases, it's like, all right, that's inauthentic in a different way, right? Um, but when you have those people who are sharing with you actionable feedback, I think that's super powerful. And you talked about it at the beginning, like the power of reviews is in harnessing the voice of your customer. You can use those positive reviews in your marketing. You can put them in your sales collateral, but the, the critical or the negative reviews I think are, are just as powerful. It's capturing your customer feedback at scale. It's people who you may not have talked to otherwise who are willing to give you feedback. And so making sure that you're responding to those reviews and on G2, you can do it like right on your profile. You can basically go in and respond as your brand or respond as a person. Making sure that you're acknowledging what they're saying, is it goes a long way. One with that customer who left the review, um, but also with someone else who's maybe shopping for your solution and searching for their your three-star reviews. If they go on and they see like, oh, they had, you know, 23 star reviews, but every single one of those has a response with an action plan or a follow up. Those also can sometimes become your biggest advocates too, right? Like they started out a three star, you responded to them, you addressed the issue they were having, you helped support whatever, you know, they needed. And then they see like, oh, this company really cares about me. They take customer feedback seriously. Now I'm an advocate for that company too. But then also I'm shopping. I see that. I'm like, that's awesome. They take customer feedback seriously and they addressed it very publicly and with an action plan. And so when we talk about responding to reviews and shameless plug, we have a whole course on this in G2 University, which is something my team runs uh, at G2 on responding to reviews. We think about like saying that person's name. That's like, I always say Dale Carnegie 101. People love to hear their own name. So say their name so they know that it's personal. Reference back the content in their reviews, positive and negative. Like I've seen some really great ones from our head of customer success who is always like, hey, thanks for the kudos to the team. Sorry to hear you're struggling. Here's how I can help. And then closing the loop on like, what is the next step? So what's the next action you're going to take? Or what's the next action you want them to take? Maybe it's you want to learn more from them about their experience or, hey, that's that's a product feature that's actually in our upcoming roadmap. Would love to talk to you when we launch it. It's an opportunity to build a connection too. So whether it's 
you know, you're capturing product feedback or service feedback, or they're saying, you know, I don't know how to use this product or it's super confusing to use it. It's like, hey, well, we have a training team or, hey, we have G2 University would love to connect you with that next best resource. So I feel like your original question was like, what do you do with them? And I think just acknowledging it and responding and best case scenario, responding in a public way with a clear action plan is definitely best practice. Caitlin here is talking about something really important, which is closing the loop on customer feedback. If you want to learn more about that topic, you can check out episode 12 of the podcast with Airbnb's Raj Sivrosubramanian. You know, when Caitlin first started talking about replying to these reviews, I thought of it from the scalable side. You know, you're showing this good faith that will impact every other person who sees that review. I know for me, when I'm making a big purchasing decision, I want to see those not so great scenarios because I want to see how the company responds to situations like that. But I failed to think about the closing the loop side of the answer, where it can be incredibly valuable to the reviewer and help turn them from a detractor or maybe just a partial fan into a raving fan. But addressing this with a customer is only the first step. Feedback in a vacuum is only so useful. I was interested to hear how G2 then disseminates that information to the right people. I think you can handle this two different ways, right? The way we do it at G2, we actually have a Slack channel that every time we get a new review, it gets put in that Slack channel. And depending on the product the review is for, there's different people in that channel. So it's always our head of support, our VP of customer success. It's me from marketing. And then it's whoever the product manager is, or sometimes it's our director or senior director of product are also in there. And I find a lot of times at G2, like we'll get a new review. And before I can even like click in to see what the review said, they've already got a response from someone on our team, which I think is just really cool. Like everybody really cares about customer feedback. As you mentioned at like the very beginning, it's so core to who we are as a business that I don't even have to think about it or I don't even have to direct it to the right person. But sometimes depending on how the team is structured or how G2 is managed, it's having one point person, and oftentimes that's the customer marketer, who is responsible for raising that to the right person. And I I think having a, a clear plan and picture of who should respond to what types of reviews from the very beginning can save you in that moment, like I said, of panic where like, oh my God, we got a three-star review. What do we do now? I'm emailing my CSM. I don't know how to handle it. And then it's like, okay, who do I have to get in the room to talk about this three-star review? Who's going to respond? How do we craft a response? All of that stuff. If you can get ahead of it and have a clear plan of like, okay, if it mentions our support team, our head of support is going to answer it. And this is what the typical next step is. It's almost like a, I don't want to call it a crisis communication plan because it's not a crisis, but it's like that tree of like, if this, then this, even if it's not like a documented plan, but just a general understanding of like, this is what these reviews mean to us as a business. And this is why it's important for us to be engaging with our customers in this way. And then knowing what that plan is. So if it's, they're coming to the Slack channel, so whoever it's relevant to, you just respond. Or it's it's coming to me, the customer marketer, and I'm now going to disseminate that to the right channel and place. And maybe it is like, depending on how your team is set up, the customer marketer responds to everybody, but says like, hey, I've passed this along to our head of product. They'd love to talk to you. 
send us an email or here's their Calendly link, that sort of thing. So there's, I think it's just like having the plan before you have the panic moment helps get ahead of it. Maybe there's not like a, a single right answer here, but do you find that there's any advantage to having a singular voice responding to these things like the customer marketer to keep things consistent versus having different people speak to it? Like, is is it better to have just the customer marketer respond or is it better to have product respond to product, support respond to support? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, my my recommendation would be the latter. So like product response to product feedback, support response to support feedback, because it basically again, shows like, this isn't the customer marketer cares about the customer voice, right? Like, obviously, I do probably higher than average compared to other people at the company. But if you really want it to be core to your business, and you want to show people that like, we take customer feedback super seriously, it's that these people who are responsible for different areas or products that touch our customer experience, like they care about it just as much. And they're in here, they're reading customer feedback and they're responding to it, which means like, it's not, I'm passing it along. It's that they saw it already and they have an action plan and it's, it's already been routed to the right department. So I, I would say in like an ideal scenario, it would be that the person who it's most relevant to is the person who's responding. But I know that's not always realistic. And so even in in my previous roles, I've always been kind of the frontline responder. And then it, I took it pretty seriously that it was my job to be the voice of our customers internally. And so I was making sure it got to the right person and that it was being followed up on. But it's sort of like, if you don't have the structure in place or the, not everybody has time to be reading reviews all day long. Yeah. Having someone is so much better than having like no one or only reacting, you know, after the fact. Well, and I think having the customer marketer or whoever is spearheading this initiative do all the responses can be a good first step. I, I think I agree that yeah. you probably want different people in the company because I think it sends a good message. I think it sends it really makes the voice of the customer permeate the entire organization, but maybe that can be your your next step that you're trying to work towards. So maybe it's not a bad idea to have one person at the beginning, but I think it ultimately probably is better to have everybody. And so what what does that look like? How do you how do you make the voice of the customer reviews not just be a marketing thing? How do you make this be obviously it's probably easier at a company like G2, but yeah. how, how do you make this something that other departments genuinely care about? Yeah, it's much easier at G2 than it's ever been before, for sure. Uh, but I, I think just talking about it in sort of the way that we've been, like the impact of reviews beyond just marketing, like it is super important to use the voice of your customer in your campaigns, right? That's why that's why I have a job here is because we do that. And it's it's so core to what we do in marketing campaigns. And then in the sales process, it's really important to have the voice of your customer throughout your sales process. I think it, this is sort of like a, a side tangent of G2, but like one of the benefits of having reviews is that you sort of have customer stories at scale and you have them in a place that's verified and that's not, it comes back to the like, it's not the salesperson saying that we're the best. It's hey, this customer said publicly that we are the best at implementation or ease of service or whatever it might be. And so like implementing those in your sales outreach flows, I think are great. 
adding them to your pitches, putting them in pitch decks, like that becomes an easy win for the sales team. And the other thing too, I'm sure all customer marketers have had the question of like, do we have a case study for this specific industry and this specific segment and this company size? And it's like, no, maybe we meet two of those three criteria. But when you're capturing a lot of reviews, there's a pretty good chance you probably have a review that maps back to that like level of specificity. And so you can use those reviews in your outreach. And that is something that I think the sales team can get really excited about. And then when you look at support or customer success or even the product team, like positioning reviews to them as like, this is product feedback directly from our customers. Like this is super valuable. It becomes like not just a marketing initiative, but it's it's why it's important to each of these different departments and it's how they can use reviews to do their daily functions and to hit their goals. And I, I feel like that's something that as customer marketers, you're so aligned to so many different departments. And I think understanding what their goals are and then positioning reviews to how they can help hit their goals makes it not just a marketing initiative. And that makes everything else easier too, right? Like when you're running review campaigns just from marketing, a lot of times you can only do so much. But when you have your account managers or your CSMs talking about reviews because they know it's important, when you have your product team invested in review generation, you can get more creative on where you're asking for reviews, how you're building that into your overall product experience. And so it just sort of like feeds the flywheel of like, reviews are important. We have customer voice. Let's get more reviews. So that's, I know yeah. long answer to your question, but. No, that that was great. And I, I think my biggest takeaway there is like, yeah, starting with each department's goals and understanding and then positioning with how reviews impact them. Because I think, I think at a fundamental level, we all get that without our customers, we are nothing, right? Like we, we, we wouldn't be in business without our customers. You should just care about what the customers are saying about us for the sake of that. But I think you kind of need to appeal to people's selfish nature and, and not, I don't mean that as a bad thing, but if you want sales folks to care, if you want support people to care, you have to say like, Hey, here's your goals. Here's how the voice of the customer can help with that. Here's where the overlap is. And I think that that really spells it out for people and makes them selfishly start to care about this stuff. Yeah. Everybody's busy. Right. And so it's like, oh, marketing is bringing us another initiative or another ask for our customers. I think flipping it on like marketing's not asking, it's important to the company and, and then continuing to talk about that and to share wins. Like, um, I was just doing another case study interview, but they were talking about this benefit of reviews that I hadn't even thought of where she's like, it's a great morale booster. Like we share our reviews internally and we tag the people that are mentioned very publicly and say like, hey, we got this great customer review. They're loving this product feature. Great job, you know, so-and-so. And they mentioned that they love their CSM. Awesome job, Allie, or whoever it might be. Like it just becomes something like you talk about how do you become customer obsessed? It's like you put the customer everywhere. And it's an easy way to do that when you're capturing a broad range of reviews. So I want to dive into what this looks like at G2, but maybe to set things up, you mentioned to me in a previous conversation that you were G2's first customer marketing hire. Like, I'd love to learn like what you walked into and, and what customer marketing looks like at G2 and how you really try to infuse the voice of the customers and reviews into that. 
It's so funny because it, it definitely was like, oh, no pressure. You're building customer marketing at a company that's so core to customer marketing and values the customer voice so much. But it was, it's obviously starting any program from the ground up is a lot, but it was so easy here. I immediately had cross-functional partners who were bought into the work I was doing it was definitely more of like a, we've been waiting for you. We're so happy you're here. Let's talk about how we can partner. Um, and I I also had the benefit of like, everybody here understands customer voice and they understand my reviews are important. So that's that's super easy for me to have a conversation around like, let's generate more reviews from this specific segment. And even my old account manager is now the manager of one of our relationship management teams. And he came to me and was like, hey, we need more SMB reviews. Let's run a contest with our account managers and CSMs. And I was like, oh, you're account managing me even though I'm not your customer anymore. But it's just really cool to be at a place where people, they get what you're trying to do in customer marketing and they're so supportive of all of those initiatives. And so they, even right now we're doing like a, data cleanup project, which is never fun at all. And I feel like in the past when I've had to do it, I've been like begging, like, will you please do this? And instead I had one of our directors of customer success was like, Hey, wouldn't it be great if we could just turn these into check boxes and then you can filter and run more campaigns based on this information that we give you. And I was like, that would be great. Like, thanks for being such a good partner here. And so I think Reviews obviously sort of take care of themselves at G2. We do definitely run campaigns in the same way other companies do. But anytime I suggest like, hey, could we could we add a review to that? Or sometimes people suggest it to me, right? Like as we were revamping our website, we were really focused on case studies and customer stories. And one of our designers was like, well, why don't we have a template for adding reviews to this page? And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And that's what I tell our customers to do. And it's what I've done in other places. But it was a designer who thought of that. It wasn't someone who's like super close to our review gen strategy because it is just so core to what we do. And then I think when we get that feedback, like I mentioned, a lot of times it's responded to before I even get a chance to read it. And I think that just, it comes back to like, we really care about what our customers are experiencing. We care about what they say. And then we built this structure on like, how do you respond to that and whose responsibility is it? And it's here more than anywhere I've ever worked. It feels like a shared responsibility and it feels like everybody is really excited and rooting for customer marketing. And, and they in turn are sharing like really great ideas around our customer. So you sort of ask like, what is the role of customer marketing at G2? And I always say we have three key pillars The first one is adoption and education. And so G2 University feeds into that. And we've had some really great partners in our customer success team who are like, hey, I've been noticing we're getting a lot of questions around this. Could we add a segment to G2U to help support that at scale? Or do you have anything like this in G2U that I can point my customers to? And so it feels like we're at a place where it's very cohesive and customers are coming to learn about G2U and CSMs are recommending it where it makes sense. The second pillar is customer engagement. So generally events, activities, anything we can um, do with our customers, including rolling out to advisory groups. So we have our executive advisory board, And then our product advisory council, where it's a a smaller group of 
like 10 to 15 customers in each um, where we're asking them directly for product feedback or market trends, things like that. And then the last pillar is um, basically advocacy. So marketing with our customers, things like who we're asking reviews for, case studies, webinars, that sort of thing. So I think Caitlin's advice for those looking to get into customer marketing would be to work at G2, apparently. And when she talked about how everyone was so supportive when she joined, I'm sure a lot of you were thinking, must be nice, Caitlin. While not everyone can work at a company that just gets customer marketing, Caitlin has outlined a nice framework here for what this can look like when done well, and the key areas they're focused on when operating in an environment where everyone is bought in. So one interesting use case that you had mentioned for reviews was morale boosting. And in a previous conversation, you also mentioned that reviews can help impact churn. And you had yeah. an interesting story there. Can you talk about how you feel like reviews can help there? Yeah. So um, this was something, again, I learned in a, a case study call or I heard this story in a case study call where one of our customers had one of their customers leave a review that was less than three stars. We'll say that. Um, and the person was super unhappy and they were like, this product doesn't work the way they told us it's supposed to work. And so the customer marketer did some digging and looked at the account and in their Salesforce, And according to the account manager, CSM, this account was super happy because their main point of contact was really happy and said, everything's going great. Everything's, you know, been well implemented. But she was like, well, I don't think they're happy. We have this very specific customer feedback here. And so they were able to do a little bit of digging. And what they realized is some of the end users were never trained on the product. And so they didn't think it worked well because they didn't know how to use it. And so had that person not left the review, and not said the things they said, that account team may have never known that they were unhappy because their main point of contact in IT was saying like, yeah, everything's going great. But the end users who were supposed to be seeing the most value from it, they weren't seeing that value. And it was a super easy, like fixable thing with some training. They were able to turn it around and, and turn that customer into an advocate. Um, but I, I think that comes back to the like, even negative reviews are super powerful and really helpful. And that's, that's a really like clear example of how you can turn that around. Yeah. They, they probably would have never gotten that insight. Never. Yeah. That part of you. Yeah. And like, if they were only talking to their main point of contact, you would think they were super happy and everything was great. And then who knows what would have happened come the renewal. So yeah, it was, I was such a like, Oh my gosh, what a, a great, way to use those reviews that maybe you're not using that one in a marketing campaign, but it's super, super powerful too. So is there anything around this topic that we haven't covered that you feel like would be good for the listeners at home to know? The one question I get all the time is like, how do I, how do I do a review gen campaign or how do I start getting customer reviews or I'm just getting started and I don't know. And my advice is always like, just ask, right? Like people feel like it has to be exactly right or this like so specific, so perfectly built campaign. But even at my last company, like we were struggling to get reviews. We were running campaigns. They weren't coming in. And then it was like, hey, we have all these customers who are getting certified. We had a, a certification program. So we know that they know our products really well. They're super engaged because they're getting this certification. I would just send an email once a week. I would look at like, who are the new customers who got 
um, certified. And I would say like, hey, you're one of our top users. You're clearly invested in the product. We'd love for you to leave us a review on G2 if you're open to it. And I got probably like an 80% response rate just from doing that like human to human outreach. And so I feel like if you're if you're in that place where you're like, I don't know how to get new reviews, just ask. That's my my simple advice, I guess. I think I think sometimes we just we just expect to get a no, but we, we'd be surprised yeah, how often we right? get yeses if we, we would just yeah. ask. Yeah. It's the wrap-up question that I always ask everybody. If you could give the folks at home one piece of advice that they can implement today, tomorrow to make them more customer obsessed, what would it be? Yeah. I So I think just like generally customer marketing, not related to anything we talked about, is like just talk to your customers. I feel like you get so much from just having conversations around like, hey, how are you using this? Um, and again, I feel like I reference even in this conversation, like three separate conversations I had with our customers, they were all for case study interviews, but like I learned so much just from having those conversations. And I feel like it then helps me know like, okay, where are our customers struggling or where are they excelling and how can I help other customers learn that? Um, but I think related to what we talked about today, I would say like, go to your G2 profile, go to wherever you're capturing reviews and pick five reviews and and send a response. Like most people expect a response when they leave feedback like that. And I think it's like a less than a third of companies who actually respond to people um, who leave them reviews. And so like go pick five today and just send a response. Even if it's like, hey, thanks. That feedback was super helpful. You know, glad to hear you're having a great experience. I think that's just an easy way to, to start building connections with customers. I love that. Well, Caitlin, this has been amazing. We we talked about reviews in general. We got as meta as I wanted to get uh, with, with, with some of the G2 stuff. Uh, but, but this is great. And I know the folks at home probably learned a lot from this. So I'm so glad we could have you on the show. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Great conversation. Like any other Voice of the Customer initiative, reviews are so powerful because they let buyers hear directly from those who they believe the most, their peers. They can learn from people exactly like them to uncover the right solutions to buy. But because of how important they can be, I think it's also why marketers can freak out when anything below a four-star review comes in. That's why one of my biggest takeaways was to hear Caitlin talk about how valuable those reviews can be. I've personally always thought of three-star reviews as helpful as a buyer, but I never thought of them that way as a marketer. If using this customer voice throughout our organizations maybe starts with marketing, but it'll only continue to snowball if everyone beyond marketing genuinely sees the value. Marketing can't just be the team who has to bug everyone to care about customer feedback. But the good news is that Caitlin has given us some incredible guidance on how to make it easy for other teams to care about customer reviews and actually get involved. This has been the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influitive. I've been your host, Dan Kalmar. Until next time, seriously, check out those three-star reviews next time you're buying something. A lot of good nuggets in there. Especially if you're buying nuggets.